Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome everybody to TalkZone.com. Two guys in a mic, the coach coming at you. The big dog going to join us in just a minute talking sports and more. Right up until 11 o'clock and a big football weekend coming up. In fact, it opens up tonight. No NFL football, but a pretty good college football game right there for you. A few wild card baseball races. I don't know if they're heating up, uh, but if it were an oven, it's about, uh, what, maybe 225, 250? With the possibility of getting up to 350, maybe 425. Cook at 10 to 12 minutes. Make sure the pizza is browning on the top, not too crispy on the bottom. I got sidetracked once again. We'll talk about all that more. We'll jump off the sports page as well. David Olson, producer extraordinaire on the other side of the glass. Let's enjoy some music and we'll re- regroup for some sports talk. <laughs> Here on my Facebook page, David Olson, Danny Zetterman, who is now um, the producer for the not Mac Yurko, yeah, Mac Yurko and Harry. No, not Mac Carmen Yurko and Harry. On uh, ESPN, he's got up there. Ernie Banks. Ernie Banks called yesterday to ask me for Joe Morgan's phone number. How cool is that? He said, "You know, you're you're moving up in the sporting world when an Ernie Banks calls you for Joe Morgan's phone number." I uh, responded via the Facebook and I said, any chance you get that you can get me Miss Venezuela's phone number? I, between Joe Morgan or Miss Venezuela, I'm still, uh, I'm still going uh, overseas. Sorry about that. 888-463-6748 is the phone number here. If you want to check in, love to hear from you. Two guys at a mic show. Big football weekend coming up. Yeah, we got a game tonight. Pretty good ball game. Pretty good ball game. LSU at Mississippi State, Louisiana State with a big, Victory in their opening game uh, against all odds. And, of course, the Mississippi State lost in a heartbreaker yet last week. Heartbreaker to the Auburn Tiger. What, did they get stopped like on the one-yard line? I believe Joel was talking about the hit. I still haven't seen the replay. Big hit. But uh, that should be a heck of a game. Good tip-off to a college football weekend. The two games I want to watch most, I think. Got to double-check that. But I think Michigan State at Notre Dame. I think that game is uh, intriguing just to see if the Irish can... Get on the winning track. So many stories with them. How are the fans going to react? It's always fun to watch Brian Kelly on the sideline. My first look at the Michigan State Spartans this year. Mark D'Antonio's ball club with, uh, remember, Edwin Baker, heck of a running back. And Kirk Cousins, who is now in his, I believe it might be his like eighth or ninth year quarterback in the Michigan State Spartans. I think he's got three majors. He's got two master's degree, and he's got a Ph.D. from Michigan State. He's still quarterback. And Kirk Cousins right there for you. Good guy. Good quarterback, but uh, that's going to be a good game. And then the Illinois Fighting Illini, the team that I root for second. I'm an alumni of University of Illinois, but sorry. I grew up next to as a kid and went to the games with my dad to the Northwestern Wildcat football game. Even though I am an alum, not a respected alum, but I am an alum of the University of Illinois. I still wrote for Northwestern first. But Illinois comes in a, actually it's not a close second, I hate to say it's, 
kind of a distant second. I don't totally bleed the Illini orange, but uh, they're still probably overall my second best, uh, second favorite football team. But they got a heck of a game. That one's going to be on the TV watch. I haven't watched the first two games. Have not seen a bit of Illinois football. Maybe a little bit of the highlights, but I haven't watched them live at all. I don't know if I have to feel guilty about that. I may have to call up my ex-professor, Dr. John Taylor, outstanding physical education and kinesiology teacher. The University of Illinois is now wandering the streets somewhere out in San Francisco. But let me put that a different way. He's now a professor out in one of the institutions out in San Francisco. We don't want to get the wrong idea. Dr. John was one of my uh, mentors. But, um, yeah, they're playing Arizona State. Night game going to be outstanding. Looking forward to that. So the two games I want to watch most, they're both on at Saturday night. Oh, and game three. If I had to go one, two, three, would be uh, checking out the red. The sea of red that will be at beautiful Soldier Field. No, the Bears are not taking on the uh, Arizona Cardinal. No, no, no. It's Northern Illinois University making the trek up from DeKalb. A nice 55-minute bus ride to Soldier Field as they take on the Wisconsin Badger. A sea of red. That's going to be a good game. Northern Illinois, pretty good ball club. Wisconsin, their first big test of the year. I'm going to enjoy watching that. So that's my one, two, three. MSU, Notre Dame, Arizona State, Illinois, and uh, NIU and uh, NIU and uh, Wisconsin. All right, real quick, let's welcome in. Not real quick. We'll take our time. We'll savor it because it's one of the most delicious parts of the day. That's welcoming in our partner and arguably, very arguably, the star of this particular show. The reason people tune in, he is the one. And definitely the only, Joel Radwanski. How are you, big dog? Uh, well, if I'm delicious, I can definitely feed a bunch of people, especially if they're from Korea, because I am the big dog coach. You would, oh. uh, no question about it. If you were a dog and uh, and and you went restaurant, you would you'd feed a family of you'd feed a table of six or eight comfortably. I could probably be a banquet. <laughs> It's an odd thought, but you're probably right. Yeah, you know what? Put yeah. the apple in my mouth, throw me on there. <laughs> no. Hopefully, you hopefully you'd be before. turned uh, uh, stomach down, I would hope. I would, for, for everybody's sake, <laughs> I would definitely hope so. Oh, boy, there's a lot of ways we could have opened up the show, Big Doe. That was, that was not in my top list of 100. Now, Woo. when you're talking a football wow. game, you, you were talking earlier, and, and I like how – and you brought up there'll be a sea of red. And right yes. when you say that, anybody who's a sports fan, and most likely we have more, we have sports fans listening to us, they think, oh, somebody that travels well. And you brought up the Arizona Cardinal football team. Yeah, that was bad. Game. That was weak. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, no, that is. It's actually kind of funny. I found that to be yeah. the most well, part of the of the open. I had a. <laughs> thank you very much. I had about uh, you know a second and a half to come up with an NFL team that was primarily. Red and the Redskins are really maroon. Who, who's a red NFL team? The Patriot, I guess. Well, and the, and the, the Cardinals aren't even red; they're cardinal. Yeah, I realized that when I said it. It was not my best uh, team to bring up, but then again, what would an NFL equivalent of a sea of red be? Uh, I, I'm really not sure what you were. Yeah, Can't, I have no idea, Coach. KC Chief, maybe. That's it, and they do travel. Okay. KC Chiefs travel. Right when I said I don't know, I was realizing it's Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Now, from what I've heard a little bit, though, from what I've heard, the Wisconsin Badger fans are not exactly packing Soldier Field. And I take that big dog as a, not an alum, but a rooter of Northern Illinois University, I take that as a slight insult that, you know, Wisconsin's thinking, hey, the fans, we're going to travel for Big Ten games. This is not that big of a game. As a Husky fan, I'm uh, slightly insulted. Uh, I'm a little little disappointed myself, to, to be honest with you. So, 
Now, is that a, a, a night game? I don't think so, but I need to confirm that as well. I, I would love, I would love to go to a Big Ten, uh, you know, Northern Illinois game. But obviously, mm-hmm. this weekend way too busy with work. And and you know, going to football games. It is much as I love going to football games. I'd rather go to a college game than to a, a pro game. But to be honest with you, there's so many good games on television. The sport is so good that I don't want to miss anything. Yeah. That it's worth. It's the only sport where I would rather stay home and, and watch it on TV because I'm afraid I might miss something. I'm not kidding, Coach. It is. Uh, I hear what you're saying. It's a bit of a conundrum, just to borrow a word from producer extraordinaire David Olson. But uh, you're right because you want to see all the games, and there's nothing like staying home to be able to watch a lot of them. But then again, big dog, and NFL games are fun to go to, but there's nothing. There's nothing like getting to a college football game an hour and a half, two hours early. I don't know, on a beautiful autumnal day, walking around, checking out the tailgating, then going in the stadium. The atmosphere of college football is so special. No, no Coach, you're, you're 100% right about the atmosphere, and every time I go, I absolutely love it. Yep. But for me, I like later in the season games where I know the outcome, and I can be like, okay, this particular game means exactly this, and I'm only missing four other games around the country that I really want to see right now. That might sound crazy, but that's how big and avid of a fan that I am, mm-hmm. it's difficult for me to go to college games. I remember that. the last game, the last Big Ten game I went to, I actually, like the whole entire time, I was like, what's going on in the other games? And it was, but then again, it was 56-14 at that point, Wisconsin destroying Michigan State. So I, you know, that's totally <laughs> uh-huh. different. Yeah. Well, um, now you mentioned that work is going to conflict with your Saturday college football watching, and we all know your lead tours on the Chicago River, waterriders.com, architectural, uh, historical, more than architectural tours of Chicago. As the weather gets colder, big deal. Like a weekend like this weekend where there's a little nip in the air, a little nip and tuck, if you will, do you still uh, head out to the kayak? What happens to the business? Uh, no, yeah, absolutely, Coach, because it's not like anybody goes in the water. You're on the river. You're not in the river. That's mm-hmm. the key word. And, uh, and it's, you know, most people don't know how to do it, so they work so hard that they're pretty much – totally hot anyways so it's uh yeah we have plenty of people out there okay. plenty of people so uh we have uh the tour going on today coach which you and your you're going to grab your kids out of the out of, out of school and drag them uh-huh. right so thir- you do work on thursdays well uh well i have one today a uh, 2 oh. 30 in the afternoon that, that you're going to grab your kids out of that would be a thursday okay very good so uh, hopefully I'll see you today at 2.30 at 9.50 North Kingsbury on the river, Coach, not on, on the outside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now there's yeah, a couple other competitors out there, by the way. We don't want people going to the competitor. they got to find the right guy, the big dog. What's well, that ad- address again? Uh, 9.50 North Kingsbury. So just go to the Montgomery Ward building, people. Okay. You can park in there and get to the Riverwalk, and we'll be at about the 9.50 part of the building, yeah. which is pretty easy to yeah. figure Chicago's out. Chicago's lovely Riverwalk, which, by the way, they need to make it a little bit more lovely. they got to add some continuity. To the river walk. Right now, you can't really walk. Yeah, it all, yeah you know what? This is because some people who built the buildings didn't yes. adhere to the Daniel Burnham plan, Coach. Yep. Daniel Burnham wanted all buildings along the river walk, through along the river, to have an open walkway along mm-hmm. the river. The river. Well, some of these buildings built all the way up onto the river. So while you're walking yep. on the river walk, you have to stop and walk around the building. Yeah. So. Uh, there's a lot of buildings are built like that, so it's kind of. It I don't know. I'm a little upset about it, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. So, well, maybe I Barack think. Obama's uh, second uh, 
potential stimulus spending, if that's what you want to call it, get people back to work. Maybe we'll get some money and uh, and build yeah. a new a couple of new crosswalks for the city of Chicago on the river. Please don't remind me that other. Uh, 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 legitimately, I, I feel like puking when I when I read like the whole idea of what's going on. It's like, wh- why can't we get the idea? If this is passed. Uh, don't even get me. I'm I'm disgusted by a coach. Come on, that's, big why, that's why I can't talk politics. Come on now, you're e- with you. Hey, it'll end up being nothing but. I, I am no. This is ridiculous. You're either going to spend more with the, the, when Bush did it and when Obama did it the last two times. Yeah. it didn't help us at all. Well, it? sure it did. Oh, sure it did. It saved a lot of jobs. Right it, it created some jobs and it saved a lot of jobs. I'm not saying more it was a smashing. Right now than it has been since like the 1930s in this country, coach. Yeah, but it could have been worse. I, I wouldn't. It I don't think so. It, it saved it saved a lot of people some portfolios, but other than that, I would have rather just seen it like crash out and then restart over. And, mm-hmm. and it, it hasn't helped me at all. So, yeah, big dog. I think I can speak for uh, my fellow semi-liberal producer David Olson. You're either with us or against us, my friend. That's fine with me. That's fine with me. You go ahead. <laughs> so go ahead. Keep on spending money. I don't know where That's I'm coming not- from. Not spending money. We're all about cut, cut, cut. You got There's so much waste you need to cut. If no, you listen what, to what Barack Obama and some of the Democrats are saying, they do want to cut. But you also have to spend. It's a combination. And God forbid we should actually think about raising a little bit of taxes, too. Come on. By the way, my uh, trap platform is almost near completion. And, David, see if you agree with this now. This is a new uh, political platform. Well, even uh, calling it political is wrong. It's, uh, how about a non-political Position statements. That's what I would call it. And I've changed the name a couple times. It was the Reasonable American Platform, T-R-A-P. But then Reasonable is going to turn people off, too. Right? Because the, how about the Responsible American Platform? Trap? Is that a little less antagonistic or not? You know, it, it's pretty sad that you, you really have to figure out a way to phrase it just so uh, people... See, that's yeah. the problem. People are too dumb to actually figure out what you're trying to say anyways, Coach. Mm-hmm. I've got and, most and, most of the issues around there, Big Dog. The only ones i got to firm up are uh, immigration, education, and health care. But uh, the budget, deficit spending, abortion, gay marriage, uh, lobbyists. Oh, I hit lobbyists hard in this one. Most of the issues are down, down to the final three, and then you'll be the first to be able to peruse a copy. No, I, I'm really not sure uh, how hard you hit the lobbyists, but you did not hit them hard enough, okay? Well. Because I'm, I'm just sick of of corporate America investing mm-hmm. in lobbyists, okay? Yes. And with, come on. Yeah, we do hit on, we, we do address corporate America as well, but, but it's a pretty simple statement when it comes to lobbyists, and, and, and I'm right with you. It's It's basically no discussion. We eliminate the entire lobbyist system, period. You know, a, a, a real good friend of mine, a real good friend of mine, and a nice little triangle of friendship that I have with uh, somebody else, a guy that's an anchor on ESPN, a guy that was a lobbyist on, uh, basically, I don't even want to talk about it, because and like he basically told me he had to sell his soul, but he made so much money, and eventually he got out after it really got too bad, and now he has like a $100,000 a year job, which is about a fifth of what he was making as a secretary for uh, someone in Washington, D.C., mm-hmm. And the stuff this guy tells me, Coach, it's ridiculous. I mean, it's unbelievable. And he's like, I, he's like, I have no problem saying it. He's like, I tell it to people, and they're like, oh, yeah, it happens all the time, so what's the big deal? So it's not even like, oh, wow, it's, it's shattering news. Yeah. 
well, the stuff that the reasons why they're giving money to these particular politicians and like and supporting them and taking them out is just it's like ungodly, mm-hmm. coach. You would think like you know you get a they get a bill passed and everybody else they're like oh it's the jobs bill I'm not saying this is what's happening there mm-hmm. but you read the fine print in there and all of a sudden there's some crazy project that started and some company makes a freaking fortune on it and supposedly this uh, you know this bill was passed because uh, I don't know because kids weren't eating the right amount of vitamin D in school lunch so we had to figure out how to get that up and next thing you know somebody makes a billion dollars out of it and nobody is helping the long run besides. Mm-hmm. That company. It happens constantly, and every single law that's passed, ninety-nine percent of it is just making people rich, and it has yeah. nothing to do with the actual law. Yep, and we we can't take the approach as your friend seems to be taking and just and and accept it because mm-hmm. you know that's just the way it is. That's the way you know politics works right now. No, he got out of it though, coach. He he got out. Well, he, good. Took, uh, like think about that. That he really was making he he in his top year he made a half a million dollars, and he started out. Like making like fifty grand, and then they figured out what type of guy you were, and then boom, you went up to like right a quarter million. If they figured out they could, you would do whatever they told. Them. Incredible, absolutely so incredible. They, they, they make all these guys work, 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 and then they figure out mm-hmm. who they can trust, and they're like, all right, here we need this done, and then they pay the huge money. Mm-hmm. The, the lobbyist stuff I, is disgusting. I'd like so. to hear some an outside, not an insider, somebody from the outside, give me any positives. Any pluses that lobbyists maybe, maybe that you know maybe I'm missing something, but uh, I'd like I'd like to hear that not from an insider, of course, who <coughs> might have a different take on it, but from an outsider. What is the pluses of the lobbyist system? It seems like a, a lose lose for most of us. And, and coach, you know I'm all about capitalism, real capitalism. Yep. Okay, about the fact that somebody creates something, people want it, they try to buy it, and jobs are created. That is beautiful. But when Corporate America turns into, hey, let's buy off somebody to get a law passed and we can, yep. you know, reap well, a boatload off it. That doesn't create anything. It didn't do anything. It didn't make a new product. It didn't create jobs and whatsoever. It just transferred money from someone who just knew a way how to work the system. That's all it mm-hmm. did. And that's why, you know, that's why the neoconservatives out there who are you know, we get government out, everything will be fine if government's out, less government, less government, less government, which I agree with to an extent, but that's exactly why you can't completely get government out of it, because if no, you no, do, that's, corporations that's and companies to. will take over, the rich get richer, and the small get no, smaller. No, no, that's, that won't, that's why you need to. The fact that you can say we have, like, a, a free market society and all that crap, and then literally have corporations that aren't creating stuff, but manipulating the system is why you need to get the government out of it. Because if we had left government, you wouldn't have a way for the corporations to manipulate the system. They would legitimately have to go out and create better products and offer, in, in order to get good quality people to work for them, they would have to offer, like, good benefits and, and good pay. I, I, I could disagree with you 180 degrees we're mm-hmm. thinking on that particular subject. The, the fact that there is so much government control in our country allows corporations to buy these crooks off. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. I think there oh, might yeah. be too much government control, but I think if you take away government control as you are recommending here, then I, then I do think without controls like that, the, the, uh, the smaller voice will become even less heard and the larger voice will become even more powerful. And I don't know that I'm smart enough to get into all the particulars, but, uh, 
That's one of the reasons we have the government there to control things and to to speak for those that don't necessarily have a voice to speak up, Big Dumb. Well, uh, the whole point is if you had individual accountability and responsibility and we had less government out of this, out of our hair, I think there would be more chance for people to speak up and and create something. Instead, we rely way too much on... The, the, to let the government decide where all of our money goes, basically 90% of our money. It, yes. And it's by co- corrupt people. We need less of this, Coach. Well, that's, that's you know, obviously you're, you're in a utopian world where it was all people of, of uh, good, righteous, considerate mind that had the control of things, we'd all be in good shape, but that doesn't always happen. So, unfortunately, we do need to put some controls in there. But the but the problem is, folks, the people running the controls and deciding what's right or wrong are the ones yeah. that are crooked. Yeah, well, that don't is forget. The problem. For the okay. most part, we're the ones that elect them, Big Dog. The, the theory, yeah. huh? Yeah, yeah, and it's, that's what people have to wake up and realize is that we have a two party system, and just because you're Democrat or Republican doesn't make you right or wrong. Okay, you, we have to start electing people that don't fit like a a certain demographic or, or thought process because these guys are all paid for. It's like if they're not yep. packaged perfectly right, yep. oh, they won't be, they can't be elected. Mm-hmm. Well, that's maybe what we need is somebody that isn't like perfectly packaged and polished mm-hmm. and all that other stuff. We really need somebody. I just want somebody to get... Yeah, like, someone who we thought, if I could take this semi-quantum leap, David Olson, who we thought when we elected Barack Obama, we thought that was the guy. We thought Barack, it. yeah, we thought he was a little bit, you know, not a little bit, a lot bit different. He was going to change things. Here was a guy dramatically different with a dramatically different background than any president we ever had. And many of us of the uh, liberal, more progressive vent, Big Dog, have been uh, eminently disappointed by Barack kind of falling into, I still like the guy, but he's fallen into the, you know, the politician mode, if you will, and he's tried to compromise a little bit. Yeah. We, what you were describing, we thought at one time, that's what we were getting to Mr. Barack Hussein Obama. Yeah, I like uh, I like how you thought he was going to bring change when yeah. he had more money backing than any uh, presidential campaign ever. And uh, wait, what? But since, and since well, he has changed a lot. Think about it. since he's since he's been in office, all those things that he told the liberals that he was going to do, like capital gains. Oh, didn't cut that tax. Let me see. Oh, shut down Guantanamo. Oh, basically used it to get his biggest uh, bonus since he's been a uh, president, which was whacking. Mm-hmm. Uh, Osama bin Laden. So there's been a lot of stuff that he said he was going to do that that didn't. So, so he's changed a lot. And that's basically what he said he was going to do in the mm-hmm. uh, election and what he's actually done as the president. And, and luckily, for some of it, I'm glad he didn't do. He didn't change. But you know, I guess he did get in office and realize, you know, we we can't do this. It's really yeah. I can tell these guys, you know, all these liberals that I'm going to do this just so I get elected. But when I get in, I actually can't do it because it would be stupid. No offense, folks, but. That's why I have to tip my hat to some extent. That. You're to some extent you are correct. Eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. By the way, if you're new to the show, uh, on occasion we uh, tip over into the political scale. In addition to the sports talk, jumping off the sports page, part of the uh, very leaps and bounds that we take on this two guys at a mic show. You want to join us? You're more than welcome. We're out on the ledge. You want to take a leap with us? Uh, it's more fun to jump in the cold water with uh, with company. Big dog. Eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. By the way, in our trap position statements definitely definitely addressed is the whole political campaigning from the time spent to the way it is done the garbage that we hear and also the uh, money 
that is spent. So we definitely go hard-hitting addressing that. The whole political campaigning uh, will be part of the trap position statement. I think you'll like that part. Well, to clean that up, you're going to have to be a genius, Coach. Okay. Yeah. Well, Uh, I can't imagine. I can't imagine you getting the 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 whole to figure out the campaigning thing right is almost impossible. The idea of the trap position statements, big dog, are not to immediately like drastically change. It's basically to tell the decision makers out there that hey, this is what the majority of Americans feel now. Can you make some headway into, into making this stuff come true? This is what we're trying to put in word is what the silent majority of us, not the ones on opposite extremes. And you and me disagree a little bit, but I think we're still part of that mesh in the middle. Uh, you know, position statement. Hey, here are some of the things we would like to see changed. Okay. okay. And then, you know, what politicians out there are willing to take this up? So it's not like we're trying to make drastic, immediate change, if that makes any sense at all. It probably doesn't. How about them Northwestern Wildcats? Well, uh, if they tackle well this week, they definitely will win. <laughs> They're taking on Army. Uh, and where is that game? Is that Army, right? At West Point? I, I hope so. I hope so. That would be a nice little travel date for yeah. Northwestern. Those kids, they're, they're smart enough to go to West Point and really uh, uh-huh. uh, enjoy and absorb the atmosphere. Many, the- You know what they say for football teams, uh, many people enter West Point, very few come out. Really, they say that? Uh, not really. Uh, real quick, let's go out to the phone lines, Big Dog. Uh, we've had this guy on a couple of times when you haven't been here. This might be your first visit with him here in the football season. He's the one, and one could argue the only, Pigskin Boy joining us here on the Two Guys in a Mike Show. Pigskin, how are you? I'm doing well. Joel, how are you? Uh, very well skinned in a pig. It's, it's good to hear from you. Good to hear from <laughs> you. You know what? I, I forgot. I, I couldn't get in to call in earlier, uh, Coach. And I want to make sure that uh, Joel was around and because uh, I know you're always around. Well, Joel went to uh, New York last week to, uh, among other things, memorialize the 9-11. So we were slightly worried he wasn't going to come back. Well, I was. I, I certainly was. I thought maybe he was going to try for, like, the punter from some semi-pro team, but Apparently mm-hmm. not. I, I have to. I have to admit, when I went into Madame Tussauds Max Museum, I did have a moment with Jennifer Lopez, and luckily, <laughs> luckily it was the opening, and uh, nobody else was there besides me and Jennifer. <laughs> oh goodness! You didn't become. Uh, you didn't head out to like a New York Jets practice or New York Giants practice, try to get a little inside info from a Rex Ryan, by any chance? No, I didn't go to New Jersey, Coach. Ah, that's too bad. That's too bad. But Big Dog, uh, we got the Pigskin Boy back with us, our NFL expert. You guys can uh, – I'm going to sit back and listen to the two of you wax poetic on the NFL. Well, uh, Skin of the Pig, the first thing I want to say to you is just around the whole NFL in general, have you ever seen a week where uh, so many quarterbacks flung it around like week one of this season? Well, I'll give you – you know what, Joel, it's interesting you say that because that week one was the most passing yards by in the, in the first week of the NFL in history, <laughs> over 7,000 yards in passing combined broke the record by a mile, which, which is absolutely phenomenal. I, I do think this year is going. There's something going on with all like the pass defenses and the rules in the NFL. I think this year that it is going to be like one of those quirky years where crazy stuff happens. Thanks, Ken. Yeah, I think it's, I think you're right, Joel. I think. I think you hit it on the on the nail with um, the rules. Mm-hmm. You can barely touch any of the wide receivers anymore, 
half the teams just throw the ball up and hope for an interference call, yeah. which is an automatic first down and yardage. You see that more and more. You know what? Instead of punting, throw the ball up in the air. See what happens. I believe um, in Michigan they call that the Denard Robinson theory. <laughs> oh, what a wonderful passing game Denard had. He threw one good pass. The rest of them were, were tossed it up and hope your receiver can catch it. Yeah, that's a lot of that. You know, just throw it up, see what happens. Referees will probably give you the deal. The other thing is, when, when, when teams like the Giants and the Dolphins lose starting cornerbacks and safeties, their replacements are rookies, free agents, and not very good. There's just very little, there's very little depth once you lose your starters. I mean, that's why one of the highest played players in the league, and I'm not about to go with his name, is uh, the guy from the Eagles. Nandi Asamoah. God bless you. Nicely played. Um, But you see the premium now, you know, for a while it was on left tackles. It's always going to be the quarterback position. But the premium now is not only on the left tackle on offense, but on um, safeties and quarterbacks. They're the ones that are demanding and getting the big money. Now, you bring up something huge, and, and uh, I wish I remember who it was, but there's a corner. Somebody went down. Some cornerback went down this week. He's going to play like he's one of the season-long guys. And he's getting replaced by another corner who's a rookie. And the coach said, well, hopefully he'll be ready by Sunday because by then he'll have 17 padded practices as a professional football player. Think about that. You gotta, yeah, now, Joel, now you know what? Hey. Have fun. You got Tom Brady coming up. Yeah, no doubt. So, could you imagine that? Not only are these rookies, uh, these are rookies that have had no practice up until the middle of August, and and they only practice once a day instead of twice a day. So you're exactly right. There's going to be people exposed. Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, good quarterbacks. This year, teams that have continuity are going to have ridiculous seasons passing the ball, especially the first five or six weeks of the of the season. Well, so, yeah, they sure are, and we're not even. I mean, imagine what the stats would have been if Peyton Manning was eligible to play. He had the best week in history, and the, probably the best quarterback in our generation wasn't even playing. And he would have been playing against the worst pass defense ever in the history of the NFL, uh, 2010 Houston Texans. So who knows? Who knows? And they would have been losing. So who knows what the what the stats would have been? Now we all know you're a diehard Bears fan, uh, Coach. And I want to get your thoughts about the Chicago Bears. I have I have two words, and I'll get to them to you later. Hopefully, I think you're going to talk about them, Pigskin. Those two words are not Chris Spencer, are they, Big Dumb? Uh, no, they're okay, not. Just they... checking. Just checking. By the way, I'm a little uh, insulted, Pigskin, that in your all your quarterback verbiage, you did not bring up the best backup quarterback in all of football when Michael Vick gets injured, Mike Kafka. The ex-Northwestern quarterback will take over and arguably uh, lead the NFL in passing. Thank you very much. Or not. All right. Go back. Go back to your Bears analysis, Pigskin. Um, really, really a stunning. You know, we talked last week. I like the Falcons a lot. Maybe not so much on the on the road with uh, with uh, questionable grass, but um, really impressive and a really needed win if you look at their schedule. It, it's not getting any easier the next three weeks. Oh, no. Um, it's, you know, you look at the Packers, Saints, um, so a huge win. They were easily looking at 0-3 and 0-4. Um, you know, Forte proves that, you know, his worth. The line is coming together, which was the two biggest concerns we had last week. 
And, um, you know, Erlocker continues to amaze. One of the things you got to realize about Erlocker, though, is as old as he is, he missed an entire year where he yeah. didn't play. He played five plays against the Packers a couple of years ago out for the season with a thumb and wrist. So subtract one year from his, uh, you know, Where in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, that makes a big, big difference when you're a linebacker and you have, you make 160 tackles a year because that's about, that's about 400 collisions at full speed that he didn't have to take. And I don't know how many injuries that would be if you think about the size of the guys that he's hammering. Now, the, the, the thing that I took away from it, and I, I know you were impressed, was, was the Bears' defensive line play. Yeah, really, you know, that rotation is really going to help early in the season, late in the season, uh, early because of conditioning and weather, late because of just people just bangs, just so banged up in the NFL, Joel. Um, I love the rotation. Uh, Melton at the, at the point seems to be, you know, really, really what they needed. Um, they're so much better than, than when Tommy Harris was really struggling. He was just cut by the Colts. And that rotation, and even though I've not been a real big fan of Julius Peppers, I can I can see where you would have to game plan for him. Don't forget, by the way, Pigskin. Julius Peppers? Not really. I'm, I am shocked by that because he has caused so many problems for so many teams in the in the year plus one game so far for the Bears. I'm shocked to hear you, you say that. You think so, big dog? I mean, he was good last year. You think he was a difference maker? Absolutely, Coach. Right. You watch how like everybody slides to his side on every play. That makes a when you can basically line up and your defense knows where the protection is going to be slid and all that other stuff. It mm-hmm. opens up holes and Israel Adonage and the Henry Meltons and the Tawinas and the Briggs and Erlackers of the world can pretty much go out there and make plays, Coach. So, uh, And I will admit statistically Julius Peppers has been average, especially when you consider the, that he gets paid $18 million a season. But when okay. you consider that he is – that guy is a difference maker in terms of the whole game plan for the Chicago Bears. They rush four people, mm-hmm. and he's one of them, and two people have to block him. All right. Let us not forget, Pigskin, that uh, that great rotation you're talking about, they were actually missing what they thought would be their number one fill-in rotating in defensive end, Corey Wooten. So, you know, the the – the rich get richer on the defensive line for the Bears when he comes back. It could even be more of a strength. Yeah, yeah. when he comes back, um, it would definitely be a strength. Um, you know, another guy to rotate on the end. But I think in the uh, in the cover two Tampa that they run, I think the middle is more important than the ends, and that's why they stacked up on tackles and nose guards uh-huh. in that particular scheme. And that's why you kept – saying that when Tommy Harris was healthy, that defense was 100% better, and when he started to tail off, the defense really suffered. Yep. Yeah, when you can get pass rush and penetration from uh, the three technique, uh, the Tampa 2 can, that's like when the Warren Sapp people of the world are, are dominating there, yeah, you really, really can make a difference. So, uh, now, I, I, when Coach, what you're talking about when they bring Corey Wooten back, the idea of a, a long third down situation when you can put Adonage and Melton in the in the tackle position mm-hmm. and then Wooten and Julius Peppers at the end to go after quarterbacks, good luck, people. 
Because you got seven athletes, and one of them is Brian Erlacher, and he's got the wingspan of, you know, he's massive in the middle of your defense. And, and even if you can't get to the quarterback, you got some shot blockers in there. Yeah, yeah, right? That's, that's the, the thing. Big so, arms of Wooten, Peppers, Adonijah, I and mean, that, that would make a pretty good basketball front line right there. It, it absolutely would. And, and Pigskin's right about it. They really have stacked up on a bunch of tackles to be stout on first and second down so you can get in the, in the third and long. You know, Tawina was supposed to be a, a, a like a, a block absorber, which is nothing wrong with that if you're a true technique. You know, go in there and be stout at the line. But he's getting through and making tackles like two or three a game. And when that happens, I mean, the Bears could end up being a Super Bowl contender. I mean, I know it's one game, guys, but the way the defensive line played and the way it looks, if the offense doesn't shoot itself in the foot all season, they can contend for the Super Bowl again this year. Pigskin boy, we have an emailer, Double D's, Double D Diane, who uh, wants to please ask Pigskin boy how you think the Bears will handle the noise at the Superdome. As you know, one of the loudest places, the New Orleans fans are crazy. She wants to know uh, how the Bears will handle the noise, and she also wants to know uh, Friday night if you can come down to the Buffalo Wild Wings in Mokino. I don't know which one you want to address first. Oh, let's do the second one first. I love uh, I love Buffalo Wild Wings. Love me the teriyaki wings. Uh, <laughs> is, but is Mokino like in, in the state? Absolutely. Okay. It's, it's Double D Diane. She's worth traveling for. Please. Double D Diane, come a little bit north. <laughs> All you right. Know, how, how about a little more northern and a little more north, and we'll talk. <laughs> <laughs> How about question number one? Because Big Dog and, and Pigskin, that will be a factor. The and we got a new center, Roberto Garzo. Of course, Cruz is going to be playing, a, a, you know, on the other side for the Saints. But uh, how about the noise factor in the dome? Uh, big time. Number number one, it's always a factor in the dome. Number two, you got to remember the Bears have whooped up on the Saints, not only mm-hmm. in the playoffs but at home. This is actually the first time, Joe. You could correct me. I think that they have been in New Orleans in a while. Yeah, and and that is, yeah definitely. Up, they have whooped up on the Saints in big games at home. Plus, the uh, um, the last time they were at home, there was a little issue with some signage um, and some, some really inappropriate signs, um, which may seem insignificant, but anything in football is bulletin uh, board material. And you've got, uh, if you think Tom Brady is the best, Drew Brees is right there for you. The advantage that they're going to have, you know, they've played in noisy stadiums before. They played in Atlanta. They've, they've, they've been in that situation, and they will have things in place to do silent signals and, and hand signals. Uh, one of the things that's going to help the Bears is the Saints are without Marcus Colston, who is about a six foot four, six foot five inch receiver, and the type of receiver the Bears really have trouble with. They're also mm-hmm. without Lance Moore who is a slot receiver, and kind of the poor man's Wes Welker. Um, those two weapons are huge for Drew Brees. Um, that will help the Bears a lot. Um, and the noise, they're just going to have to make do, um, you know, with, with, with all the NFL teams do when they go inside of noisy domes. Big Dog, you've been out there uh, playing for Mac Murray College and the fans are going crazy, and you played tight end, part of the offensive line. How do the... Uh... How does the offense deal with that kind of noise? What little tricks and secrets can you pass on to our listeners? Uh, a, a lot of it's going to be is going to be hand signals, and they'll do check with me. So they'll have a run play and a pass play called in the huddle, and they'll go out to the line of scrimmage, and basically 
uh, he can just do a hand signal to the wide receivers, and they'll know whether it was the run or pass play, whether it was the first or second thing called. Mm-hmm. And then he just taps the center, and then the center can relay the pass or run to the mm-hmm. rest of the offensive line. And and the snap count is already determined, so that I, should not be an issue whatsoever. Pigskin, I've never uh, watched him play, but I, I've heard from people that at back at McMurray, when uh, the crowd would be big crowds, you could barely hear that watching the McMurray College offense when the dog played out, there was almost like people thought it was the McMurray school for the hard of hearing or for the depth because because Big Dog would be given the hand signal for, hey, hit the tight end on a quick flash. The quarterback would be like, no, 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 stick with the original play. Big Dog would be back with the multi-hand signals signaling, no, I'm the hot receiver. The quarterback would go back. It was back and forth. People thought it was like uh, McMurray College for the hard of hearing. Any truth to that, Big Dog? Absolutely, there is definitely truth to this, Coach. And uh, Mac Murray College, you can look it up. I'm sure Dave Olson is right now. He is the stat checker. Uh, is the finest institution in America for uh, hearing impaired. It's the best deaf education school See? in all okay. of the country. Well, there As a matter you go. of fact, Illinois School for the Blind, the high school in Illinois School for the Deaf, mm-hmm. is also in Jacksonville, Illinois, where I went to college. Pigskin, this is no lie. Now, when they would do that, they would call the play in the huddle. They'd go up to the line of scrimmage, and the way they would snap the ball is they had a snare drum that would go along the sidelines, and they would bang it. And the vibrations would let the players know when to go, and they would snap. And so i got to tell you something. Watching these high school kids play football, these deaf kids, I just go out to at least one game a year. At this point, I made sure I went out there yep. after I, uh, somebody brought me out there. I was like, man, these kids love And it made me love football even more cool. after watching these kids play. Very cool. Pigskin, uh, I know the school that you used to go to, high school. Used to play a, uh, I think it was a depth high school up in Wisconsin, no? Yes, they did. And what they, they used was one of those big boomer drums. You know, Joel's right about the drum, but they used like the bigger ones, like, um, what do you call them? Like the one that Purdue's really known for. Yeah, that, 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 did I call it a snare drum? Well, it was huge. Whatever they did, they rolled this down the sideline and it was even with the line of scrimmage. You know, Coach, one thing I heard about Joel McMurray, though, to handle the crowd was he would simply call a timeout, go over to the other team's student section, and say, shut up. Well, <laughs> it was never quite that bad, but it was pretty close. Usually it was done via hand signals. But, uh, yeah, he would, you'd rile, did you ever rile up the crowd a little bit, Big Dog? No, not, not really too much, I, I have to admit. I, I will. I, I did score a touchdown against Manchester, and uh-huh. their student section was in the end zone. And for some <laughs> reason, they were giving me a very difficult time all day long because <laughs> I blew up the free safety in the end zone on a run play. Yeah. And after that, I was like the evil guy. And I'm not kidding. I ran right up, <laughs> and I put the ball down at the end line, and, and I sat right in front of him, and I, like, I, I like, waved to him. And they, it was they started throwing stuff at me. That was the only time ever. Besides when I went to the Glen Allen, uh, Glenbard West High School student section, and I, somebody, I came out and somebody's like, Joel, they put a condom right on top of your helmet. So, like, I'm leading the team <laughs> out, and you know, they dropped the condom right up. Because we were the Trojans, by the way. Oh, boy. So, so oh. you have no idea how many condoms I had thrown at me as a Trojan at Downers Grove North. So. Yeah, I'm sure both, both, and I'm sure you got some verbal uh, taunts along with that as well. Yeah, well, it was yeah. okay. Now, now, Pigskin, I was just thinking, I want to go back to the date now. I just want to think of, first of all, Double D Diana. That would be Diana, right? You would say it's Diana. Yep, I think, she, I think she's a new listener to the program. Now, that was the first time ever on a date I've heard a guy say, hey, I want you to go north, because normally guys are saying, hey, let's go, go south. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, well, Pigskin's never been directionally, uh, you know, he's been directionally challenged for a long time. Directionally challenged, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you know what they say, big dog, you got to head north before you can go south. Oh, well, always, you always say that. Always say yeah. that. Get so, your hand off my thigh. That's not my hand. It's not my thigh. All right, hey, uh, Pigskin, we got to roll because i got to get Big Dog's thoughts on uh, baseball, the PGA, WNBA playoffs, and uh, a few other things hockey-related. So uh, we appreciate your check-in. And give us a quick pick for this Sunday, Bears-Saints. Bears. Actually, the game of the week besides the Bears, Joel, you know who this is. This I hate to tell you the game of the week for me is Oklahoma going to Florida State. You got the right state, but it's Tennessee at Florida, my friend. The, the 2-0 balls at the struggling Gators. That's right. I, I forgot Pigskin Boys, longtime uh, Tennessee burnt orange fan. And, and I am pulling for Dooley. I'm pulling for the Tennessee balls. I really am. I hope they win the, the SEC East. The, only problem is, the problem is it would be great if you win the SEC East. The problem is what if you win the SEC East and you have to play unless you were Alabama in the title game? Well, you know what? I think it's going to be a struggle. <laughs> they haven't beaten Florida since Moses was a baby. <laughs> I've always, always, college football is, is much, much better when the Tennessee Volunteers are a top 10 team. I love uh, I, I everything agree. they stand for. One of my favorite players of all time, Pigskin. You might be too young for this, but I'll throw the name out there anyways. One of my favorite guys of all time, Condridge Holloway. Condridge Holloway. One of the, the first, first, one of the first option quarterbacks. There you in, go. Uh, your option quarterback uh, the first starting African American quarterback in the SEC. Is that this guy? Because uh, the first one ever came from Tennessee and was the quarterback at Tennessee, and that name sounds familiar, Coach. Okay, it doesn't. My my early instincts say no. I can't think of others, but uh, boy, he was, was fun to watch. Early seventies. That sounds about right. Maybe well. No, later than that. Later, I think like late seventies, early eighties. Okay, it still could, it still could be mm-hmm. because the SEC wasn't exactly forward thinking. Don't forget, it was nineteen seventy three when Bear Bryant purposely scheduled USC at home just so he can get his uh, team's butt whooped so he can start recruiting uh, African American <laughs> players. That was nineteen seventy three. Think about that, coach. Oh. Alabama still didn't. Have, that, I was alive. Alabama still didn't have any African American American players. Hard to believe. Joel, Joel, really quick, do you, do you remember the reason why they scheduled USC at Alabama? Do you remember the guy that Bill Bryant saw that scored four touchdowns on him? He goes, we need him. Yeah, it was, uh, I, 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 if I got the multiple choice, I would get it right. That's Bam, why I wanted Cunningham. But, mm. Yeah, okay, Cunningham, oh, I, that's right. I love that dude. One Cunningham. of the best, one of the best goals. Um, best wishes, Joel, great to talk to you. Go Bears, this is a tough one. Yeah, it's good to talk to you. Good to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks. Pigskin boy, checking in. You can, too. Phone lines are open. It's that easy, folks. 888-463-6748. Oh, Sam Bam Cunningham, big dog. What a name from the past. That guy was fun to watch. Maybe one of the best near-the-goal-line runners the NFL has ever seen. Yeah, and, you know, Same. he is, Coach. He was a great – he can get into the end zone. That was the yep. thing. With, and Bear Bryant legitimately – you know, called John McKay and was like, you know, I want, I want you to bring your boys out here. And, uh, and they did. And after that, like the next day, Bear Bryant talked about having a Sunday breakfast where he always ate breakfast and all the people coming up to him and like, Hey, maybe you need to get some of them boys on the team. <laughs> 
And he was like, we finally did it. I can finally start recruiting because he couldn't before. Uh-huh. Because, like, the whole, like, the, the athletic director had no problem with it. He had no problem with it. But, like, the boosters were like, forget that. We're going to keep our team lily white. And then Sam Bam Cunningham came to Bear Bryant Denny Stadium, whooped it out and smacked him in the face. But they were like, okay, well, uh, why don't we bring some of these boys on the team? And that totally changed Alabama football. Seriously. And the SEC after that. If you want to walk the heavenly streets of gold, you got to know the password, said Bear Bryant. And the password was roll. Damn, I am cunning. No, no, no. Roll, Tide, roll. Oh, is that, oh, you say that again, Coach. I'm sorry. I messed that up for you. Uh, thank you. If you want to walk the heavenly streets of gold, you got to know the password. Roll, Tide, roll. The famous words of Bear Bryant. 888-463-6748. The phone number getting all fired up for football with some of this old-time talk. we got big games coming up. Uh, what, tonight? Tonight, dog, not a bad little appetizer. Uh, LSU at Mississippi State, two of the best of the best in the southern part of our fine country. Not bad. What are you talking about? That's about as good of a Thursday night game early in the season as we've gotten in a long time. Really. that That's a phenomenal matchup. you got LSU with Jarrett Lee, a quarterback, who now have, they have a running game that will, will remind you of the Packers in the mid-60s, Coach. I'm not kidding you. They just legitimately run it down your throat. Little toss, little toss sweep. They get five yards at a time, and their defense lets up nothing. And the next, you know, they throw it over the top. That's a lost art, though. You bring up this way: the lost art in football. You go a good old pitch out Mm -hmm. with the pulling guard. All these offensive coordinators got so fancy and everything. You forget about just the good old simple pitch out with the 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 Packer sweep. It used to be known as right. Yeah, they they they've got one guy that's going to carry the ball. 25 times today, and he's going to get 94 yards. And they got another guy who's going to carry it at like 15, mm-hmm. and he's going to get 100. You know, they have an inside guy and an outside guy, and they got Jerry Lee to throw it over the top. But the, the story of the game is uh, LSU's defense, which is phenomenal against the run, versus the Mississippi State's offense, which has, uh, I know they got like a scrambling quarterback that is really tough to contain. He's been there forever, and he, he still can't throw the ball, but he can run. And Nick Ballard who might be the best running back in the country that no one is heard about. He's not better than Marcus Lattimore, but we all know and him. He, he's the running back for Mississippi State. Uh-huh, yeah, okay. he's, he's definitely a top-five running back. In the, LaMichael James, I'm not saying he's good as LaMichael James or Marcus Lattimore, but he's that right, he's right below them, Coach. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's a basher. He's gonna Where does uh, Northwestern's Mike Trumpy rate in that, uh, in that conversation? I would have to say after uh, <laughs> after Marcus Lattimore, definitely. Very, so very gen- after him. Very gently put. Thank you very much. Um, big note, real quick. I, oh, I got to mention one other thing, and then I want to get to quick titillating tidbits. Now, Illinois, Arizona State. We mentioned one of the marquee games Saturday night. I'll be watching that game for sure. But I'm hearing more and more. Please tell me it starts at nine o'clock our time. Cannot confirm and or deny, but we'll find out in a second. Oh, but uh, I'm hearing more and more. You told us about the six foot seven inch athletic quarterback from Arizona State, but the guy I'm looking forward to, to watching is what some people say top five. A preseason defensive player of the year candidate, a maniacal old school Dick Butkus type middle linebacker, Vontae's perfect. Have you seen him play? I'm anxious to watch him. Uh, oh, coach, I I have to admit uh, against the, the Missouri Tigers, he didn't do anything. Okay. At least when I was watching the game, and you know I've heard of the guy. Okay, and I'm not going to say he, he wasn't. He definitely wasn't dominating. In the plays okay. that I was watching, because you know college football on Saturday night. The way they, they the way they describe him was like Brian Urlacher in his first two years, 
with with even more of an attitude, literally roaming sideline to sideline, getting after people. I mean, they really built this kid up pretty big in the Chicago papers. But okay, I'm going to uh, definitely keep an eye, uh, a closer eye out, obviously, because okay. when playing Illinois, I watch every play, play mm-hmm. and I fool on myself. By the watch. way, is it true with the Rick Edelman of college football? Is still coaching and head coach of Arizona State. Dennis Erickson still the head coach? Yes, yes. Dennis Holy Erickson. mackerel! And, and you know what, Coach? Everywhere he goes, the 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 program gets better, Coach. And right. you know he got he got out of Miami when he saw what the heck was going on. Think about yeah, but that. That was that was like forty years ago. Well, no, that was in the late eighties. He took over for Jimmy Johnson. The only thing I was, the only thing I thought he'd be battling right now if I heard his name mentioned would be like emphysema. He did it for two years, and he got out. Okay, and if you think about, he, why would you leave Miami's program at that time? There's no reason to leave. He was making some of the most, highest paid in the in the country. They were the best team in the country. Well, he gets everywhere he's gone since then. No violations, nothing. I, he saw the atmosphere there. So I, I've always had like a like a good feeling about Dennis Harrison as mm-hmm. a coach. By the way, speaking of that, uh, I think Ohio State plays the University of Miami this weekend. So, you know, you can you can put your own punchline in that game. The best I could come up with is uh, maybe they'll have a probation officer out there doing the coin flip. Yeah, isn't it funny how uh, Ohio State basically has none of those guys on their roster? As a matter of fact, they suspended a couple more players this week. Yes, I read that. And uh, Miami, oh, all, of us, all those guys, they all show up for the Ohio State game. They're already they're already the ball when they're they're busting up against the Buckeyes. So uh, Jacory Harris also one of them. But then again, I, I got to be honest with you, they're better off with Jacory. The Ohio State Buckeyes are better off with Jacory Harris at quarterback because mm-hmm. for the first three quarters he'll be awesome, and then he'll get hit in the mouth really hard, and then he'll throw a stupid pick like he does every single game that they lose. Yeah, so. We'll break we'll break down some more uh, football tomorrow. Be full frontal football tomorrow on our show. Full frontal football Friday. Maybe that's what we should call them. The four F's here. We'll play beat the schmoes tomorrow. Get into football. Big door. Real quick, some other topics in the world of sports. Give me uh, ten or fifteen second responses here. Uh, one NASCAR starts their playoffs, if you will, the championship for the cup, and uh, lo and behold, it starts right here at Chicagoland Motor Speedway this weekend. Uh, starts here in Chicago. Obviously, Kyle Busch. Uh, is uh, Kyle Busch and Jimmy Johnson are the favorite right now to, to overtake it, but watch out for one, Kevin Harvick. Kevin Harvick's going to end up pulling up. All right, WNBA playoffs. The much-anticipated regular season is over. The WNBA playoffs start tonight. Good seats, still available. <laughs> Speaking of good seats, still available, the 2012 baseball. David's giving me a strange look. 2012 baseball schedules have been released. Chicago Cubs, April 5th, they're taking on the Nationals. Andrew Kashner taking on Steven Strasburg, big dog. The 2012 Cubs opening game schedule. Oh, my goodness. I, I hope Steven Strasburg is healthy to go out there and pitch in that game. How about that? I want to see it. Okay. All right. PGA golf, by the way. Chicago's going to be a big, busy place. Busy place. Soldier Field, NIU, and um at Wisconsin, I keep wanting to say Nebraska because I'm thinking of the red. You got the uh, the big NASCAR opening race, and then PGA Golf. There, I'm very confused on the whole thing, but it's the BMW Championship, part of the FedEx Cup. I haven't figured it all out, but the best of the best in golf will be in uh, Cog Hill and Lamont this weekend, Doug. Tiger, I know a four o'clock bar with the girls are nice, and never mind. I know I just know a four o'clock bar, Tiger, in Lamont. Yes. 
Beautiful. By the way, who is Webb Simpson? He's the leader in points. Apparently, he's won two of the last three tournaments. Have you ever heard of the guy? Never heard of him, Coach. You know what? I, it bothers me. You know, it's funny when guys have two first names. Yes. When a guy has two last names, it's totally confusing. <laughs> that can be bothersome. David, you seem to be bothered speaking of that about our uh, NASCAR discussion. No, 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 no. no. Oh. Just uh, something that just came across the wire. Uh-oh. Uh Brian Erlacher is at High Hallis Hall this morning. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I, 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 I wow. find that very... They didn't know it, if he'd play Sunday, and he's back for practice. Yeah, he's back for practice. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, when people, of course he's going to play. When it, you know, I'm not trying to be insensitive whatsoever at all. I'm not trying to be insensitive. It's almost like a tribute to him. I am surprised he's back on Thursday, though. Yeah. I'm a little surprised it's this I, early. And I would disagree with your statement. I don't think most fans felt, of course. As a matter of fact, I think... Most fans, maybe I'm incorporating my own opinion, but uh, did not think he would play this weekend. You know, she was not old. She was 51 years old. And it was, so, we don't know wow. the details, but it came across fairly sudden. So I, I thought he actually would miss all practice and probably not be at this Sunday's game. Wow. Well, uh, maybe he wants to be with his, you know, his Bears family. Yep. And honestly, you know, so maybe like the funeral was uh, on Wednesday and he came back. I mean, mm-hmm. And who says he isn't with his the family? Maybe he yeah, brought his whole family with him, and he just wanted football practice. There's no, hours. there's no right or wrong. It's how you individually. Uh-huh. It's a, you know, obviously a sad moment. It's how each individual uh, handles it. Yeah, I'm gonna guess they made the arrangements, and the funeral will be on Monday. Okay, that that would be my. But guess. still, you know, the grief, so if it happens suddenly, the, game, yeah. the whole grieving process and stuff. All right, Dol, we got to wrap it up. Uh, I don't want to put pressure on you, my friend, but. You're coasting through the first two weeks, three and zero week one, two and one a week two on beat the schmoes. Let's hope you give us uh, three more good picks tomorrow, okay? Uh, they'll be quality, and either way, they're going to be good watching football. Is all I can say. Beautiful. Coach. Once again, if I said you had a beautiful body, would you hold it against me? Oh, at full speed, coach. Thank you very much. Have a great day, brother. Later. Told guys at a mic talkzone.com tomorrow at ten. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day, everybody.